We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, the Adonis of your dreams, Norm Hightower, on our Sunday night live broadcast of the Rams Talk Radio podcast. I just had, I, I'm coming up with a new thing every time now, trying to think of some kind of new name. Or Norm. Every time you describe me, Derek, I feel like I should be on the Harlequin romance novel, like the Fabio hair and everything. Jeez, or Danielle Steele. <laughs> there you go. Danielle Steele. All right, uh, we have a lot going on tonight. We're doing this live basically because we don't want our podcast to be outdated should Ndamukong Sue just happen to sign like now. So 
We have a few things to talk about. Before we even get there, real quick, hey, folks, we are getting some great feedback and some great reviews over at iTunes. If you haven't reviewed us over there, please, a five-star review puts you in line for our, our contest to get a $50 gift certificate from NFLShop.com. You know, those really help us out. Those help us, help us with ratings. It helps us, you know, just grow our podcast. If you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy the job that we continue to try and, and well, to do for you, put a good broadcast on for you, please uh, head on over and give us a review. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, and Google Play. And now on 10 a.m., at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays and 10 a.m. on the weekends, you can find us on iebeatradio.com in, well, in, in internet land, but it's based out of L.A. So there you go. Norm, it's been a few days here. One of the big questions we saw on Twitter today was, should fans be upset that Sue's taking so long to make up his darn mind? No. Why should they be upset? It's his life. <laughs> I mean, it's... You know, I think people put a lot more into this than they really should. This is a business, but it's also his life. He's got to make a decision. Probably means he's going to have to take a pay cut if he's going to come play for us. You know, does he want to come win or does he want to get paid? These are big decisions. You know, I mean, if you were to, uh, if you were to get a broadcasting job offer down in Florida and you had to make a decision between being a school teacher and, and being a broadcaster and, and you had to take a pay cut to do it, yeah, would you think about it a little bit? I mean, realistically, let the guy do what he's got to do. And if he shows up, great. If he doesn't, so be it. We'll move on. But I don't think there's any reason to get upset. I've seen a lot of people on social media and, you know, going nuts saying, well, if you're not going to sign, then just go away and we'll bring somebody else in. Well, that's kind of, you know, come on. Well, I mean, the Rams pursued him. Let's not forget that. It's not like he just said, hey, you know, I'm going to be a Ram and go ahead. I mean, he, they, they called him. They wanted him to come see L.A., come see the team, meet with them. They recruited him. They've made him the offer. I don't understand why people overall, and, you know, we're all fans. I think we're all fans of a team. We all have a, a certain kind of future we want to see our team take or, or, get, or earn, for that matter. But – like you said, these guys are human beings. These are guys who have to uproot their families, have to make a new life somewhere. And in his case, at his age, age 31, no one's going to be signing him to five, six-year, seven-year deals anymore. He's already kind of had that moment in the sun. So he's looking at one, two, maybe a three-year deal wherever he goes. You got to think about that because you, you could be moving again in two, three years. Yeah. You could be. I mean – and let's just say it's a short-term thing before the Rams have to get serious on their on their contract extensions with, you know, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, of course, Aaron Donald. We think that one's kind of sorted out. So I agree. It's kind of silly. I just don't understand how what someone makes in a decision affects so many people when it comes to sports. You know, it's not like this is a life-or-death decision for – you know, anybody but maybe him. This is his decision. This is whether or not he wants to come play for us. It wasn't like he came to us and said, hey, I want to play for you guys. Make me an offer. We went to him, and there were other teams that made offers too. And I mean, if it takes him two, three weeks to make a decision, that's up to him. 
we all like him to make it sooner, but to, to freak out about it. I mean, I've literally seen people freaking out about it, and that's just crazy to me. Now, if on the rims, though, I am making a phone call over to Jonathan Hankins or other freakers that I want. I'm not going to sit there and wait on Sue forever. That's their prerogative as much as Sue's prerogative to sit back and, and make his decision. But, you know, do you have to give these guys the time to do what's necessary? I don't even think he expected to be on the free agent market this year. He was making almost $20 million in Miami. He had made his life there, and then they cut him. So he has to have that time to decide what the heck he's going to do. Well, and you're right. The Rams have the opportunity to bring in other players and not wait for them if they don't want to. But if they're going to choose to give them time to make the decision, then people just need to chill out about it. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Well, if anything, it's a classier move in the Rams' part to wait. You know, it shows how much you really want the guy. Oh, and by the way, the Jets pulled out, apparently. The Jets, I don't know if you saw this before. I know you just got home. The Jets have rescinded their offer to sue. So now it's back down the Titans, the Rams, and the Saints. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, well, the Jets probably had the most money to pay him. I mean, I haven't looked at their their cap lately, but I know they probably had the highest cap available at the time Sue uh, came to visit the Rams. So I know after they paid Tremaine Johnson a lot of money, that may not be the case. But uh, uh, it's, it's probably better news for the Rams if the Rams really want him and the Jets pulled out. I mean... Yeah, makes your odds 25% better. So, Well, if his offer was the higher offer, which we all believe it was, now some of that leverage he had is gone, which I would think would eventually cause him, unless our team jumps in, to go ahead and you know bite the bullet here and make a decision sooner because he doesn't have the, that leverage he needs. Well, I'd like to see Sue play for the Rams because I think it'd be an awesome, awesome thing to cover as well as, you know, being a fan, but it'd also be great to cover it. But I'd be just as happy if they bring Hankins in. You know, I, I think he's actually, we've talked about this in our last podcast, I think he's actually a better fit. So I'm not stressing about it. If Sue comes, great. If he doesn't, you know, as long as the Rams do something different, you know, maybe they go after Vita Via, who knows? But let them do their thing, and, you know, it's not not like it's life or death decision right now, so... Let's just see what happens. Well, I think Hankins is kind of waiting right now to see what happens with Sue before he makes his move. He's gone silent, too. There's no, there hasn't been anything about Jonathan Hankins. Last we heard, he was visiting with the, the Lions. We, have, we don't even know if the Rams have talked to Hankins or not. Nope. I, I would think they would have at least checked on him. I mean, he's, he's a pretty solid fit there. But it's been quiet on his front. So I'm, I think he's probably waiting to see how much money Sue gets how many years Sue takes, and then he'll make up his decision as well. I think those other teams, like the Titans and Rams, will then start knocking on his door You know, if Sue chooses somebody else. Well, as somebody, I mean, as somebody who covers the Rams, sure, I'd love for Sue to sign tomorrow. And then we've got big breaking news and we can report about it. But, you know, <laughs> the thing, and you, you were talking about this earlier before the podcast, and, and I agree with you. The thing that bothers me about it is not the fact that he's taken the time to sign it's that the holes in the Rams team is so obvious that it concerns me that their competitors are going to be jumping, trying to, you know, jump ahead of them and everything they do to try to steal players away because what they need is so limited. I mean, sure they need depth every, you know, lots of places, but 
they need a nose tackle. They need an inside and an outside linebacker, and in some cases, two. Everybody knows that. So <laughs> that's the part that scares me. Whether Sue signs or not doesn't scare me a bit. It's, it's what are they going to do about these glaring holes that they have to fill with the limited market, and then you have the draft that it's going to be pretty obvious what they're going to be going after. That's where I'm more scared. And the weird thing about the draft coming around this time is usually you have an idea of where players will fall. Usually you could tell, you know, for example, Vita Via. In any normal year, you know Vita V will probably go top 10, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this year with the movement in the quarterbacks, the uncertainty around the quarterbacks and and who these guys really are, we're seeing all kinds of fluctuation in all these mock drafts out there. And, of course, mock drafts themselves are mock drafts. We laugh at them. We can mock them. But we're seeing Vita Via, like, for example, I'm going to use Vita Via. We're using him. We're seeing him get taken anywhere from eighth, ninth. And here's a Yahoo Sports one. Tank Williams did it. They have him going to the Titans at 25, going all the way to 25. Most of the mocks I've seen him going between 18 and 20. Um, some as early again as eight. So there's this wide range. Derwin James is another one on Tank Williams' thing. 21st, the Bengals, um, I guess with a trade or whatever. Then you have the flip side of it. I've seen a couple of mocks where Derwin James is going as high as fourth. So this is one of those weird years where you have no idea what's really going to happen in this first round, where teams are going to move. And yet here are the Rams sitting at number 23. And everybody knows there are two main needs are linebackers and nose tackle. So you mean to tell me if Evans is sitting around there at 22, 21, and somebody wants him, they're going to know the Rams are going to want him, a guy like him, or Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech, or guys like that, Vita Villa sitting there at 21, 22. Especially if the Rams don't take, don't get Sue or, or uh, Hankins. Right. That's That's what scares me the most. And, you know what? We're we're one month and a day away from the draft. It's just right around the corner, and as these signings come to fruition through free agency, it's going to become very clear what the Rams' needs are. And even if they sign free agents, especially at inside and outside linebacker, not so much necessarily on the D line. If they bring in Hankins, they don't need to draft the nose tackle because they got guys like Easley and stuff that can fill in and, and do quite well. But an inside and outside linebacker, you bring in some older free agents or some guys that aren't necessarily proven, they're still going to need to draft more, and teams are going to know that. So it's pretty glaring that inside and, out li- inside and outside linebacker are going to be a big deal. And that's what scares me the most. So, you know, like I said, you got one month till the draft, and we're going to figure it out real quick. Well, a great example of what you're talking about. The Rams, we know, have been have at least contacted Junior Gallette, former Redskins linebacker, was a linebacker with the Saints before, missed two years of the game. So Junior Gallette, this past year, three sacks, 20 total tackles, plays in 16 games. You know, kind of the spot guy, kind of the guy that comes off the bench. In past years, 2013, 12 sacks, 2014, 10 sacks. So Let's just say the Rams go off and they get Junior Gallette. Are they going to count on him returning to form of four or five years ago? 
or are they going to get somebody in the draft? Well, the answer to me is obvious. Draft. You're going to draft somebody. It doesn't matter if you, you know, if you fill those holes now. At this point in free agency, who's there? Who are the potential 16-game starters that can make an impact off the edge if you're an edge rusher? I don't see them to you. <clears throat> Not really, no. I mean, there's there's potential there, but and, and you'll get surprises later in the later rounds of guys that you didn't expect. As an example, Samson Ibakam. You know, nobody knew who he was. Nobody expected the Rams to draft him. He played at Eastern Washington along with Cooper Cup. Many people, he was just flying right underneath the, the radar. But yet, he may be a starter for us this year because he 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 filled in quite well last year and he started showing signs of what he could be as a rookie. And I think you can get some more of that in the later rounds, you know, of the draft. But this is a little bit different. Sure, we have a, a great secondary now, and that's going to certainly help. But you still, <laughs> you got to have at least somewhat average players there. And right now, the choices that you have in free agency, most of them let's be honest, in NFL years, are quite old. So they're going to have to make some decisions quick. They did agree to terms with, with uh, Ramick Wilson, mm -hmm. and we haven't really talked about that yet, a uh, former teammate of Todd Gurley at Georgia. And I think he's got potential, and he very well could, could be a decent starter for us. And, and that's, that's one they've brought in, and that's great. If nothing else, he'll be – you know, great depth for us. So they're starting to fill some of those holes, but after after the free agency frenzy and the trade frenzy we saw early on with the Rams by getting Tlaib and, and Marcus Peters and all that and, and trading away Ogletree and, and Quinn, everybody's kind of going, you know, wow, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? You expect everything to happen like right now. And then the whole Sue thing comes up, and now everybody's being impatient because it's not happening right away. This is a this is a process that has to be thought through a lot, and it sounds like they're picking off pieces when they can and going after players they want. And you know, eventually, if they are looking at Hankins, and they they do want to bring him in, if uh, they're concerned that Sue isn't going to sign with us, then you would think it'd have to happen pretty quickly. Well, it has to happen quickly, right? We're getting closer and closer to the draft, and sooner or later, Hankins will sign with somebody. You know, it's sooner or later, Sue's going to sign with somebody. So it's not, it, it has to happen sooner rather than later. I, I I can't imagine waiting another week. I don't think anybody, I don't think Sue wants to last a little week, or I don't think that Hankins want to wait for his team another week. I'm sure nobody wants to. So, oh, and by the way, we're talking about in terms of edge rushers. Pernell McPhee, which apparently, who apparently is going to Redskins, although we haven't seen the official uh, word yet. He's uh, 29. He would have been, been a bit of fit. Connor Barwin, we already saw his numbers last year for the Rams. Good locker room guy. Uh, not so good in terms of numbers. He's 31, by the way. Dwight Freeney. He's out there. He's 38. <laughs> He's 38. That's that's old man in NFL years. How's this? James Harrison. He's 39. Now, being in the area there, I, I do know how well James Harrison takes care of his body. 
but still at 39, what are you really going to expect from him? Yeah, and Junior Gilles, 29. You know, hey, Akeem Ayers, remember him? Oh, yeah. He's out there. He's 28, but, you know, there's a reason why the Rams let him go. Well, of course, they're running a 4-3 then. I, there's just nobody, really. I mean, who's – I don't see anybody who will make a, a big impact or even make a, a mediocre impact. I, I mean, a, a Dwight Freeney kind of guy, a James Harrison guy can make a – you know, you're talking maybe 15 snaps a game. How much are you going to pay a guy like that? I don't know. Well, that's the thing is, you know, how much do you have to pay him and how, how much are they going to be able to contribute? I mean, hell, if you're going to sign some of these guys that are 38, you might as well put me in pads. It's it's crazy. Well, you you know, all you gotta do is put some put up a big plate of food in the middle of the field. You'll be out there quickly. Hey, I could, I, I you know, I've been saying we needed a big, heavy, strong nose tackle. I could fill that role. I can take up space. Well, yeah, that take up a lot of space, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Okay, um, so yeah, we Junior Gallette, He's the guy that the Rams have talked. We haven't heard about anybody else. Before we move on, let's go ahead and knock out the sponsor, Golden Ram Barbershop. By the way, this is cool. On one of the iTunes reviews, we actually had somebody say, I went in to go see South Golden Ram Barbershop. So, hey, glad that people are actually going there and seeing him because he's, it's worth it. He's at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683-714-894-7267 for an appointment. Remember, he's an appointments kind of guy. You go in his shop. He's open the day he left. You'll find anything you would ever want as a Rams fan. Norm can testify. You can get an amen on that, okay? Amen. Go in, the, go in there. You're going to find everything ranging from the, you know, geez, programs on the wall, posters, old jerseys, helmets. You know, it was just a really great experience going there and just actually talking Rams football, the old school experience. I love talking about the old school experience with him. It's a great thing to do. Give him a call. 714-894-7267. Promo code Rams Talk. His hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And Saturday, at 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Again, that's the Gold Ram Barbershop. All right. Now, also, if you want to sponsor us, and by the way, folks, we're kicking in here. This this podcast has been really has been really making some strides. Our listenership has grown dramatically. Thank you for trusting us for your Rams talk. We appreciate all that you, uh, all that you are, all that you do. We appreciate the fans. We appreciate being able to talk about this wonderful game in this legacy team. That's right. I said the Rams are a legacy team. And so thank you for, for listening to us. If you want to sponsor, amen. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to sponsor us, give us a, a, it's an email. Rams talk, 1945 at gmail.com. We'll be glad to talk to you. Or you can call us on our on our line as well, which Derek will give you the number for. Oh yeah, Google Voice. Google Voice is at six five seven six 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 five four five three. Leave us a message there, and we'll get right back to you. Okay. Now, other things going on. One of the Rams' targets was Terrell Pryor. He is now a Jet, so he's off the board. Besides that, it's gone quiet. Yeah, there's really not a heck of a lot to talk about when it comes to what's going on in free agency right now. So that's why I'm not surprised that Sue hasn't made a decision because there's really not a lot going on. I really think it's kind of just 
jamming to a halt until he moves. And then once he makes his decision, the floodgates will open and we'll see teams making moves around that. Well, can, you know, most of the good guys, mostly, you know, the top three are gone, but that second wave, I think we'll see will happen once he signs, especially on defense. Yes, sir. All right. So besides that now, geez, you know, Norm and I had a brief debate here before the show started. And it's March Madness, and I love getting you guys' feedback on Rams and Rams history. So I came up with this big list of some of the you know the Rams' best teams, and I'll use that liberally because Norm doesn't exactly agree with me. And I put it out there for you guys, and I, I'm, I'm going we're doing a basically a bracket of the best teams in Rams history. Well, I get on the show tonight and I'll be polite because he normally be polite. He lambasts me <laughs> for this idea. And, you know, I'm just thinking my, my line of thought is this, the Rams, we, we've seen a lot of bad teams. We've seen a lot of bad Rams football teams, but one of the reasons we even have our site is we want to make sure that, the fans remember the good years and all the great players that have come through and worn the horns. So this is why I did it. So with all that in mind, that big rant, Norm, who, what are your best teams in Rams history? Well, I would go with the 1979 Rams. I was heartbroken watching uh, Terry Bradshaw beat us and, and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl. Uh, at that time, you know, I was a, a 13-year-old kid and a huge Rams fan. Hadn't seen him get to the, <clears throat> excuse me, hadn't seen him get to the Super Bowl yet. And uh, they weren't really picked to make it there. They weren't really expected to make it there. And uh, they made it there and ended up losing. So that was probably, I mean, one of the best as well as one of the most heartbreaking for me. And, and then, of course, you have to, you have to put in the 1999 St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf. I mean, that was probably one of the best Super Bowls and you know ever, not just, not just Rams, but overall. So I'd have to say that one. Back when I was really really into the rams as far as my youth is concerned uh you got to go with the 75 rams as well 12 and 2 lost the nfc championship game those you know those days probably were my favorite watching jack youngblood and jim youngblood and all those guys out there uh in the early 80s so there there's a few of them out there i i just I guess I'm so used to the heartbreak from the Rams for all those years that it was really hard for me to go through and say, what do you mean come up with that many teams? But looking at your list, there were quite a few teams. So I'll give you that. It was just hard to remember some of them because it's been such a long time. I'll tell you what, what blew my mind was on the list right now. And by the way, folks, if you, if you want to vote, it's on our Twitter page. It's on our Facebook page. You can go there. You can go ahead and click on it. It's a Google form and just just 
put your top 16 in. The 1945 Cleveland Rams go 9-1-1. They win their first NFL title. Bob Waterfield's the quarterback. And they were, I think last I looked, 12 or 13 people have voted. Only six people have voted for them, which blew my mind. That's that's your first NFL championship, and, and uh, that, that surprised me a bit. Well, but <laughs> most of us weren't around at that time, so we don't remember it. And a lot of people don't know the history of of the Cleveland Rams. I mean, I've been a Rams fan my whole life, but it wasn't until probably the early 2000s that I realized, you know, by doing some research and stuff, that the Rams actually started in Cleveland. So that's probably why it's not getting as many votes. It's also it's also very hard to go find footage of that game. <laughs> well, there is actually footage of it there is i know but it's hard believe it or not it's hard to find well there's actually a really good book by the way folks if you have a chance read the book i we did it actually we did an interview with the book with the author the author is james selecki okay and he if you go back way way back into our podcasts he did um i gotta find that book title here it's it's give me a minute this is kind of the last Oh, yeah, here it goes. The Cleveland Rams, the NFL champs who left too soon, 1936-1945, uh, James Selecki. We did a podcast with him. I actually sat in his kitchen. We talked some really, really good Rams history in Cleveland. And the book's actually pretty freaking good. He spends a lot of time on Bob Waterfield especially, but it was a really stinking good book. So if you want to get some good Rams history, that's a good one. And he even talks a little bit later about the 1950-1951 team and so on and so forth. But – it's worth reading. Jim Hawk's team, too. Jim Hawk's, sorry, Jim Hawk's book, Hollywood's Team, was actually a pretty good one as well. Good one to read. So there, there are several. If you want to learn your Rams history, there's, there's a couple of them out there that are really good. And eventually, Norm and I are going to go for butts and rent one ourselves when we you know, decide to stop pilling around. What else? What other, what other, what other uh, teams here? You said the 1999 Rams, 1979 Rams. Well, I'm kind, you know, and, I'm kind of partial as well to the late '60s Rams with you know the fearsome foursome and Deacon Jones and 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 that time period as well. You know what really drives me nuts is all these years later, with all the technology we have, most of these most of the footage from these games from these teams is still not available to us. I would have I I've never seen the fearsome foursome play. I've seen tiny snippets of footage, but I've never seen a whole game. And so my my view of the Rams is going to be 1980s to now. So for me, I can only go off of what you know the books, the history books say, like Jim Selecki's book or Jim Hawk's book, and take their word for it. But the earliest memories in my brain. Of the Rams, well, the first one I have is in 1987, the Rams playing on Monday night against Cleveland. That's what the, Eric Dickerson's last game. And from the, that's where my history with the, with the team begins. So I can think of the 88 teams, the 89 teams, and then the crap that was from 1990 to 1998. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the big show, to me, the, the greatest show on turf years in 1999 especially is still surreal to me. I still can't believe that was my Rams that won. And play, and play offense like they did especially. I still can't believe that. 
it's like a like the splash in time because I've been used to so much bad football. And, you know, when I think of the rankings, even now, the 2017 Rams, what they did offensively and so on and so forth, because I've seen so little winning Rams football over there. They're going to rank higher for me because I never got to see the 1975 Rams. I never got to see the 1968 Rams, 67 Rams. It kind of annoys me. Well, one of my earliest, so this will this will date and timestamp my my age to most people. You know, a lot of people can't remember back much past when they were in kindergarten, around four or five years old. And one of my very first memories that I can remember as a child, um, because I was around that age, uh, I got to watch the fearsome foursome play uh, in L.A. And that's one of my earliest childhood memories. So. That's why it sticks with me is because that's kind of what got my passion about football going was watching those guys play. Dude, stop it. You were the, the fearsome force was not around during the roaring twenties. <laughs> Just stop. I'm not that old. This is 1960s. Come on. <laughs> well, you no, can, actually, you can, you can you do know. the math. I'm 52. I'll be 52 this year. So, uh, I getting to watch Deacon Jones play was a big deal. But to be honest, I'm more of the the Jack Youngblood, Vince Ferragamo, Pat Hayden, you know, uh, th- those. I'm more in that time stamp uh, as a kid watching football because I can remember it all very well and got to meet some of the players when I was a kid. And, and that's really what solidified me being a Rams fan was just being in Southern California at that time and, and getting to see those guys and and to see how massive they were at the time. And, you know, now I'm bigger than all of them, but, <laughs> but it was, it was really neat as a kid watching, you know, getting to watch that stuff. And, and I stuck with them. I've, I've been a fan, you know, ever since my earliest memory, I've stuck with them through all these years. And I've seen more winning football from the Rams than you have. And it's still hard for me to come up with 16 teams, but that's why I was a little harsh with you and the, in the beginning, you know, before the podcast, but looking over the list and going clear back to the Cleveland days, you can come up with 16 and it shouldn't be that hard. Well, you know, the weird thing too, is that I want to ask you this because there, there is a bit of a mirror here. You, your years getting to meet many the Rams players early on for me, what, what really changed, you know, well, not, I wouldn't say change, but this, this kind of minor, the change, but what really made an impact on me was, me being the struggling kid and sending my my hero Jim Everett a letter and asked him to win a game for my birthday and the and he of course the Rams lost the game because it was 1992 and they were horrible but he sends me back an autographed picture of him and that just meant so much to me and now of all things the weirdness Jim Everett's a friend of the show he's been on twice and we're gonna have him on again and we love having him on and um it's it's weird how it all works out in the end and the things that make an impact on you as a fan. But now it brings you to this because you saw those teams in the 1970s and 1960s. Well, for me, watching Rams, winning Rams football started in 1988 and then 1989. 1989 team goes to the NFC Championship game, gets their butts handed to him by the 49ers. And how good was that Rams team in 1989? They were good. They were very good. I was surprised they didn't go all the way. That's it. Yeah. 
Well, I this, mean, this long awkward pause. Well, I was going to go away. I'm I'm good at history and I'm good at you know stuff when it comes to the Rams. I can remember, I can remember them losing the NFC Championship game, but I'd, I'd really have to go back and look a little bit more. I am a little older than you, so I don't, you know, my memory's not quite as good as yours. <laughs> but I, I do remember the team doing very well. What what they go like eleven and five or five? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they were a good team. You don't win 11 games unless you're a good team. I, I vow that I'm going to get my hero. You've gotten yours, Jim Everett, in an interview. I vow that I'm going to get my hero from my childhood, Jack Youngblood, on an interview one of these days. To me, I think that's probably the biggest memorable era of my time. I mean, when you watch a guy like Jack Youngblood play a whole game with a broken leg, come on. <laughs> you can't get any tougher than that. I, I remember playing little guy football at Waluga Junior High School in Oregon, running around. I had uh, Youngblood on my <clears throat> taped on my helmet in, blue, or in black electrical tape because I wanted to be like him out on the field, you know. I mean, that era, those times, they were special. Yeah, you know, and then you got the the Ramit video and <laughs> and all that stuff. I mean, that was to me that was the the coup de gras of the Rams right there. The Ramit video, nineteen eighties NFL porn right there, man. Good gosh. Well, you were what? You were born in the eighties, right? No, I'm, well, no, I'm a little older than that. A little older than that. Well, I graduated high school in eighty four, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, you know, six. Five, turning six. The the thing with the Rams, though, I, I guess the reason why we do things like this and the reason why we even have Rams talk is because so much of this team's history has been swept away by, A, bad football. Let's be honest about that. There's been plenty of bad football in the last 30 years. But also the moves from L.A. to St. Louis back to L.A. You lose. You lose things. You you lose connections you and just now you're starting to see the team get back its LA connections and of course the greats from St. Louis I hope you know I'm hoping they can find a way to keep them involved in the franchise it's really easy to lose your history well and I think an owner a particular owner that we had had a lot to do with that too and now that I mean a lot of people are hard on Cronky but I think Cronky's doing a better job of, of trying to make sure that that doesn't get lost uh, Georgia, she, <laughs> that, that lady was a piece of work, man. She, she could give a hoot about what happened. And I think that's where the disconnect came. And I'm glad to see a lot of these former LA Rams and St. Louis Rams players, uh, showing up at games and doing interviews and talks and, you know, Kurt Warner, I mean, he was, a, you know, kind of a Super Bowl hero. And of course he's on, you know, the NFL network and he's going to be around, so you're going to see those guys, but even with him, there were people complaining because he was association associated with the Cardinals at first more than he was with the Rams. And th there was a lot of bad blood and a lot of things that happened during that time. But for me, I moved away from LA when I was a kid and moved up to Oregon. And so I couldn't go see the games anymore. And when they moved to St. Louis, to me, quite frankly, it didn't matter. They were still my team. They went to St. Louis. I'll just follow them in St. Louis. But the people in L.A., it was hard on them. I mean, you know, my family, my uncle, and, you know, my uncle was a diehard Rams fan. 
And when they left and the whole thing that happened with Georgia, he, he abandoned ship and went to the Chargers. And, you know, when we went down to L.A. and watched the game against the 49ers last year, we met with him. And, you know, of course, we gave him a Rams talk shirt and tried to talk him back into to being a Rams fan. And he said that he was still a Chargers fan, but he was finding it hard to not root for the Rams because, you know, they're a very likable team. And they're, they're, they were good, too. And so... I think a lot of people are going to start turning around and coming around. And when you get the new stadium in place and we start becoming a better market for free agents, which I think we are already are, uh, I think you're going to really see a turnaround in this team. And I hope in 10 years when I'm really old and you're just getting there, we can do another one of these and talk about the 2020, 21, 22, 23, and 24 Rams and how good they were. And I could really see that being a possibility now, where when you think back, with the exception of last year, for the last 10, 15 years, other than their short run with the Super Bowl, you, you, don't, you don't think about the Rams being a winner. And I think that's changing now. It's changing. They're going to have to be smart. They're going to have to work the salary cap well. You don't have big windows. Um, you almost have to adapt the Patriots way. The Patriots have been good for as long as they have because they had a quarterback who's willing to take a little bit less money to keep his team together. But two, they've also been a little bit heartless on players. They've they've let people go to save money and bring people in. They've that the Patriot way is a little bit of uh, it's a little cold. I guess it's a safe way to say it. But in today's NFL, if you want to win consistently over the course of 18, 20 years. That's what you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to have a three, four, five-year window. Then you have to start, you know, stop, stop, excuse me, stop and reload. And it's different. I guess in the NFL in the 80s, it was the 49ers all the way through. They keep a whole team together. The Steelers in the 70s keep the whole team together. You can't do that now. And, uh, well, unless you, unless you have people who won't take pay cuts. And that's just not the nature of the game. No, it's not. It's. Money is driving the game more than anything right now. And, you know, I understand that it's a business, but it is tough as a fan. You you become attached. You know, like when we were younger, you could become attached to a player and know that he was going to be there for a long time. You know, you watch guys like, you know, Jack Youngblood and and those guys. They were, they were with the same team for so long, you, you didn't think about them leaving. And now, you know, as, as an example, Alec Ogletree, you don't know anymore. You could be considered one of the captains and one of the better players and be there for two, three years, and then bang, money decision, you're gone. Or scheme fit, you're gone. So it's definitely more about money than it used to be, and, and that kind of takes away from the game a little bit. But it's still one of the greatest games that there is out there. Oh, it is. It is. And it makes... It, it it makes for this whole podcast, it makes for the whole show. And for me, also the players, think of this, Robert Quinn, gone. You mentioned Alec Ogletree, gone. James Laurinaitis, when he was drafted, Peter King said, he's, this is going to be the guy who's going to be in the Rams middle for 10 years. He, he's gone. Didn't make it 10 years. So in today's NFL, it's never guaranteed, not for long, right? Well, that's how it is. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm gearing up and getting excited for the draft. Free agency is going to do whatever it's going to do. And I'm going to start 
really starting to focus on the draft. I'm actually going to, I'm trying to work out a deal right now <clears throat> where I can actually go to the draft. Uh, that's something I'm working on if I can, but uh, this is an exciting year to, to be at the draft for the Rams because there's a lot going on and the team has a potential to be really good. You know, if they do sign Sue and you know that they need certain things, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it and what they do. And so it's a good time to be a Rams fan. It's not one of those years where, you know, you're, you're waiting for them to, to draft the next hope, the next, you know, the next star for the Rams. You're, you're hoping that they get some good players that can fill some needs to make this team better instead of hoping that you, you get the player that's going to turn the team around and, and win it all for us. And so I think that makes a big difference. And I'm really excited about it. And when you watch these these mock drafts and you look at these mock drafts, you know, we've been we've been doing this at Ram Talk for what, six years now? And into our sixth season. Yeah. And you know, I've done mock drafts not only during our during my time with Rams Talk, but I've done my own mock drafts for a long time. And if you if you can get one player right in your mock draft, you're doing really good. If you get two, you're a star. So when you look at all these mock drafts, take them for what they're worth. They're just guys' best guests. You know, they, they, don't, they don't know any more than, than anybody else. They're just guessing. And, you know, play around with it and have some fun with it. I, I was fortunate enough the first time I did a mock draft for the Rams, uh, for the Rams talked, uh, I got, I think I got two players right the first year. I got one right the second year, and I was like, "Whoa, hey, I might know something here." <laughs> but when you when you look at these drafts or mock drafts, take them for what they are. They're just they're just a fun guessing game that you know people are giving their opinion. I can't wait to see the team that we put together this year and bring out on the field, and I'm really excited about it. All right, well, I think we all are. So we're sitting talking football right now. Okay, folks, it is time for us to close up shop. It is, uh, I guess, still at Sue Eve. We're still waiting for him to make up his call. When he does make his decision, if he joins the Rams, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll pop on. We'll do an emergency podcast. Or <laughs> is ever such thing as an emergency <laughs> podcast in football? Um, and we'll get out there for you. Okay. Breaking news. Yeah. I thought he was making fun of me for stuttering for a second there. <laughs> but, okay, so before we go, folks, again, head on over to iTunes, please. A five-star review would be greatly appreciated. We had that contest still going for a $50 gift certificate to, to NFLshop.com. <laughs> so you, after talking rants for so long, you start going dizzy. Okay, and also, if you're on Stitcher, if you're on SoundCloud, if you're on iHeartRadio, Android, or Google Play, you can find us. Or, hey, you know, just listen to us on iBeatRadio.com. Wednesday mornings and on the weekends at 10 a.m. Pacific time. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Apollo. Peace out. Adios. Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, Keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. 
Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.